Emily. Nice to meet you. Hi, Emily. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Feel free. Wait, 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 Thank you so much. I have to this confess, is... I've never listened to the show. I don't listen oh, to any podcast. <laughs> I don't listen to any podcast. Even it, my wife used to have one. And I didn't listen to it. So you, I'm so thrilled. You have no idea. I'm, I've been for 25 <laughs> years. I've been sim. I'm honest, person. I've heard about it. I can't even tell you why. Ever since I heard No Care for Cancer in 1993, I was in high school. You changed. I became obsessed with you. I became a Cam Neely fan because of you. My allegiance went from Jeremy Roenick to Cam Neely. I mean, I'm a Patty LaFontaine guy from Long Island, but. I'm telling you, every like this is a, such a dream. Who Shaq? When I met Shaq, I was so starstruck. And then after 100 episodes, you, dear listeners, Sim is an excitable person, but this is, but but this is a new one. So let me ask you. I'm so please have a seat. So you're um, you're uh, from Long Island. Yes. Um, you know Pat is a friend of mine. I, I used to play hockey at his yeah. house with him in Long Island. In, in so, Westbury? Uh, Old Westbury? Lived, yeah. He lived in, no, in, um, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, let's get it's a very room. wealthy section. It's called uh, something neck. Great neck. No, not great neck. Little neck. So, uh, um, turtleneck. <laughs> no, it's not turtleneck. But... Thanks, guys. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Don't you have your coffee? No, I'm going to save my coffee. Okay. I don't want to get too jacked up. So wait, you're doing um, comedy? And listen. Yeah. You just did a movie with one of my uh, writing partners, Bob Fisher. Oh, I love Bob. As I call him, Diamond Bob Fisher, because he always comes up with a diamond uh, <gasps> joke. Yeah. He's, but, uh, he's and, so fucking brilliant. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go ahead. No, he's just so fucking brilliant, and he oh, was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I taught him everything he knows. Um, but how did hey, it Bob? go? Oh, great. It was, it, was hard, it was a hard shoot, because you're in the water, water a lot. I know. But, um, and... Um, you know, it, it was, it just long, you know, the long out, whatever. Like, all the shoots are. Yeah, whenever there's a boat. Is there man. ever an easy shoot? Yeah, there is. I mean, to me, an easy shoot is you're on land. Yeah. You're shooting with a director that only wants to do one or two takes. Yeah. And with people yeah. that you love working with. I've, but when you go to the water, I've But done wait, that. wait, wait. Have you had that experience before? Water experience? No, no, no. But like a shoot where there's only one or, one or two takes and... Everything that I produce... And or direct or show run, unless you want more. Generally speaking, there's going to be you know we're going to shoot the rehearsal and uh, multi camera. You know I'm, I'm not not like sitcom. I'm talking like even if, if we were shooting this conversation between the three of us right now, I'd have at least two cameras up. Fuck! Yeah, Can I work so, with you? Will you ever hire me? Well, All the right. reason that I do that is because for, unless it's a beauty shot, like some kind of special shot. Like the actors' performances then become like theater because you're on camera, I'm on camera, you're on camera, and the energy, and especially if we improv, which like on Rescue Me or anything that I've done, uh, you know, um, with Peter Tolan, who who did Larry Sanders with uh, Shanley, you know, you want to capture the the uh, yeah. energy. Yeah. So to me, if you if the three of us are talking in a scene that's predominantly drama or comedy, right? Again, uh, discounting any special lighting uh, mood thing you want. The audience doesn't give a fuck, you know, about the uh, the DP's work at that point. They just they're interested in the faces and the pe the characters. So rather than spend six hours shooting my thing, then your thing, then his thing, I, I get a master and at least a medium of each of us in the the rehearsal on the first take. And you never get that energy from from uh, you know from take 
12. Yeah, exactly. It's also knowing what you want before you get out there. Yes, yeah. That's the key. And probably also casting. Like you have to be you have to be really careful in that select so you can have performers that that in that can do that. Okay. And yeah. when people argue about it, yeah. here's the answer. What? This is the most recent version of this, by the way. I just did something with somebody. Oh, Bob Odenkirk. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, Bob yeah. Odenkirk, was, who, which pisses me off. I just found out uh, we did James Corden together, and I found out that he was in The Post with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep playing a guy from Boston with a Boston <laughs> accent. <laughs> so, anyways, that, the only saving Fucking grace of Bob. me not wanting to kill him was that he didn't actually do any scenes with Meryl, just with Tom Hanks. But anyways, my point being... Steven Spielberg is famous and always has been from day one, for, except, again, except big giant action scenes. Et he does one or two takes. He'll go up to five if you need five, but that's it. So Bob was telling me a lot of his stuff was just the rehearsal. Clint Eastwood, rehearsal, one or two takes. Martin Scorsese, one or two takes. You know, you start hearing about these guys like, and I've never worked with them, and... Are we on the air right now? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm probably canceling this out, but I would never, I won't, I wouldn't be able to work with him. Like David um, Fincher, who does between 37 and 75 takes. I can't do that. No, no, there's no way. And what I love about the format that I do with the multicam here is that it feels like the pressure, a little bit of being an athlete in the sense where it's like, because we only do two takes. So you come to, uh, you know, you have, you are, you have to have, figured everything out in your head to, you know, to some degree and, um, and perform. And there's, there's an exhilaration to that. And also just, but also in the single camera stuff that I've done, I tend to, I've worked with a lot of comedians who love to do 30, 35 take. And it's just so. Can I just say something? Yes. I'm going to use Jim Carrey as an example. Okay. Nice guy, fucking majorly talented guy, but he's one of those guys. Hey, I got 25 more takes in me. Dude, yeah. it's variations on the theme. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, we're not going to find gold. In, on, if you want to do it, go ahead. But to me, that's just, I can't do that. It's Life torturous. Life is too fucking short. Totally. Can and, I swear on this? Oh, fuck oh, yeah. Okay. But you can... Fuck, fuck, you fuck, see, fuck, fuck. <laughs> but, you, but you see the Sorry. crew wilting. Uh, and you the, see morale go down. And things don't get better. No, they don't. And I learned, uh, fortunately, early in my career, one of my best friends who passed away at a very young age, Ted Demi was a brilliant actor who his uncle was Jonathan Demi, who loves actors, right? And Jonathan Demi's thing is, was always like, the main thing in the movie is the actors, the characters, right? So uh, everything should be acceded to, on the set to making them comfortable and getting the performance, right? So once they've wilted, now that now you've lost it because it doesn't matter what you're shooting because the actors the actors just get to a point where they're like unless you're Jim Carrey or somebody who wants to like keep doing thirty the actors are tired well then look at your crew now tomorrow we all have to drive home after which is again insane fourteen or sixteen hours we drive home now the next day it's Monday we're already tired the rest of the week is going to suck and the crew that makes everybody else work slower because now they're working slow so it doesn't make any sense to me and the few times I've had to deal with it. Have you worked with actors who do this? Like they get to set and you start to like either rehearse or block or maybe even start to shoot and they stop and they say, but wait, why would my character say that? Yeah. And that's like, to me, that's an indication of fear almost like I'm not willing to commit and, and, or perform 
it, to me, it's like this total avoidance tactic. That's the kind of sentence that you say, you know, like three months beforehand. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, at the first read through. <laughs> yeah. um, although I will say as a, as a guy, like as a writer, as a co-showrunner or whatever, like especially uh, with uh, if, if I'm in charge of some of the writing or I had something to do with writing the scene, I always feel like I think it's almost impossible for I shouldn't say this, but I think it's true for men to really write women and, and sometimes vice versa. Right. Well, that's a weak spot for me. So I always want the actresses and you know how it is in television. If you're shooting multiple episodes and you're going, you're going. Um, you know, you time becomes a, a problem. So you get scripts or pages late. And we change stuff when I work, you know, up to the last minute. I feel like the, I want to hear from the actors, and I'm not discounting the male actors. I want to hear from the actors, like, does this make sense to you? And sit down and go, I wouldn't say that. I don't feel like my character would say that. that I want that input. But again, like you I said. I want to work with you. Yeah, not. Um, I, I would say that every other line. <laughs> but you don't want, I don't want to be on the set after we've already done the blocking where you go like, you know what? In the middle but of the first take. I don't want to do this anymore. Time. You know what I mean? My character doesn't want to drink this. Okay, well, it's a little fucking late. You know what I mean? There's, always, there's a time and a place for that. Um, but at the same time, I do think that's true. I always stick up for my character. So I just feel like you know, if somebody comes in, in and I've worked with brilliant directors who dictate what the blocking is, and I understand that they want the blocking to be that way, but I feel the right to go like, well, wait a minute now, why is my guy moving over okay? there? And I know sometimes totally it pisses unmotivated. them off. Yeah, but like, I want to know, just tell me. And by the way, if you yeah, give yeah. me a good reason, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, you got to get the tomato soup. Yeah, but uh, I've, I've had that experience where you're in the middle of take two and it's actually going great. And there's multiple actors in the scene where an actor just in the middle of it goes, I feel like my guy wouldn't do this anymore. Like, really? It's it's fucking half an hour to lunch, and now your guy doesn't want to do it. Why? Yeah, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. No. I. I um, and I think it's. But I don't know. In the world of comedy, too, it felt like there was this, um, the idea that the more takes you, you do, that somehow something will eventually become inspired. But. Um, no, but I don't get that. No, I don't get that. And also, I'll tell you a great story. So. Clint Eastwood. I did a film with Clint Eastwood uh, ages ago that nobody saw. Will you even. tell us what it is? It's called True Crime. Got a great cast. Anyways, I'm in the movie. I'm uh, James Woods is my boss. I'm uh, Clint Eastwood's boss, right? He's a reporter. It's fucking Clint Eastwood. He's also directing, by the way. So I got there, and when I took the part, I said, listen, do you mind if I sit next to you a lot? Because I'm a Clint Eastwood fan, but also I knew how quickly he directed if I just pick your brain, because he, he's famous for staying on the set. Yeah. And he's like, whatever you want, whatever, as long as you fucking know your lines, I don't mind improv, whatever you guys want to do. But And I'm like, I'm in. I'm going to know all my lines, and I'm going to... So I would just hang around and watch him work with his crew. Anyways, first day that we're shooting, James Woods is an old friend of his, but they've never worked together, right? I've never worked with James Woods. So we go in, it's, the scene is basically, he's yelling at the two of us. So he's behind his desk, we're on the other side of the desk, he's got a big monologue like that, then I have a big monologue like that, then he does another one like this, and then me, and then uh, Clint has like one line at the end. So Clint goes, who wants to go first? So James Woods goes, uh, does anybody mind if I go first? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. So he goes over there on his side of the desk. They put the cameras up. This is supposed to be a rehearsal, which Woods apparently doesn't understand how Clint works because I can see that the cameras are running. So, and he's got three cameras going. So we're all on camera. And he does his speech, which by the way, as he's doing it, I'm like, this guy's a good actor. I'm going, this is pretty good in my head. And then I do my speech, right, like this. But while I'm talking, he's got a baseball that he's going like this with. 
So he does his whole speech like blah, 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 blah. And then he's got a baseball. He's going like this. So what while I'm talking, fuck? right? So then he does his speech. The baseball's not moving. So now it's my turn to talk again. The baseball goes like this. And then Clint does his line and he calls cut. And he goes, okay, lose the fucking baseball. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll lose the baseball. And he's like, uh, and let's just do it one more time. So we do the whole thing one more time. He goes, got it. Anybody else want another take? And James goes, oh, yeah, I need another take. He goes, all right, do another take. He goes, all right, we got it. Let's move on. He goes, can I have one more? And you just see Clint go, uh, no. <laughs> and I go, thank God. And afterwards, we went out to smoke, and James Woods was out there smoking a cigar. And he goes, he seemed pretty pissed off that I asked for another take. I go, dude, read something. Read a book. The guy hates doing like a third take. So that was it. We did like one. Rehearsals one. One take is the second take. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. James Woods was in Scary Movie 2 with with me and, you know, the classic. Um, and uh, one day I was, sitting, I was sitting at lunch in, like, the cafeteria, the commissary, whatever, and I was by myself, and I'm... Um, you know, whatever, sadly eating my whatever the fuck it was, I don't know, mashed potatoes. And he sits down next to me and, uh, and he was like, Hey, how you doing? And I, I was like, Oh, good. 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 I'm too, I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm young and like new and whatever. It's my second movie. But, um, he said, <laughs> James Wood said to me, you know, I got a perfect score on my SAT. Oh God! <laughs> what? That, that's the pickup line. That's the pickup line. I it got was a perfect score on my SAT. I mean, you gotta really be shitting me. He wasn't joking. No, I no. didn't. I knew he wasn't joking as soon as I heard it. Oh my I, God! I had no idea what was going on. So what did you say? I was like, oh, 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 that, I, like what the fuck do you say to that? Like, cool, cool. Like, and then I just stared into my mashed potatoes. And what else did he say? <gasps> he was te- he was telling. Then he started telling me that he was in Mensa. Yeah, he is. He's Mensa. He went to MIT. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just was he? Did he have a baseball even- that he was throwing up in the air while he was while you were talking? <laughs> <laughs> was he doing that? <laughs> oh man, I had no idea what to how to digest that because I didn't. I also didn't. I was naive, so I didn't understand. I had no idea what the intention was. Oh, well, I know what the intention was. Well, it, now I know. Yeah, but you didn't pick up on that like about two nope. minutes in? No, really? No, no, no. I was like, you know, 23, like 24. How like old was people he at that hadn't... point? He was probably like, what, 50, right? <laughs> 50 something. Yes. Yeah. You I mean, know, when you're that age, like every, anything like over 40 essentially is all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, it could have been anywhere listen, from 40 I, to 90. I've, I've, I'm not, I didn't get perfect uh, SATs and, oh. and uh, I didn't do great in high school. I did good in Well, this college. has been a great but, podcast. Thanks so much, <laughs> Dr. Dennis Leary, for coming over. But I just, to me, it's like, 
even if I had, like, how do you how do you start a conversation with somebody unless you're at the SAT training center or some shit? You know what I mean? How the fuck does that come up? By the way, I had an 800 on my math, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I, how the fuck? You does guys, that come up? I'm really qualified to teach this course. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Dennis Leary, Jesus. for agreeing to take your SATs again. I just want everyone here to know that um, I got a perfect score. What did you get in your SATs? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. What was it? 1090. Okay, is that good? No. Okay. I mean, it's okay. It's like it's like a B minus. What's a perfect... Uh, uh, well, at the time, I think it's all changed now. I think it's back to 1600. They went to 2400, yeah. and then they went back to 1600. Oh, they right? did? You're, and you, you get got, a yeah. certain score for uh, putting your Writing name Writing your name down. down, right? 200 points for that or something like that. I got sure. those 200. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went to Emerson. Emerson's a good school. I know, and but I, well, here's, taught how, there but too. here's how I went to Emerson. I was... A horrible student in uh, 12 years at the same Catholic school with the same kids from my neighborhood. So for 12 years, I, we never skipped a day because number one, there was girls there. And number two, we wanted to taunt the nuns. And at a certain age, we were like, fuck these nuns and this whole religion. We're just going there every day to smoke this- and drink <laughs> and just fucking make them miserable. I had a nun tell me my senior year, Sister Judith Kappenman. Because um, I just was, I, when they gave me books, I would just throw them away. I was like, what am I going to do with these things? You just made a gesture as though you were throwing it out the window of a car. Yeah, well, actually, that may have happened. <laughs> so uh, she told me, I'm pa- I, I failed Spanish uh, my junior year. She taught Spanish. And then I was failing it again because I didn't fucking even read the book. I, you know, I just went to the class and I'd always, she was hard to get out of her class. But if you had an older nun that was forgetful, you could ask her to go to the bathroom and then just leave for an hour and smoke. And, uh, and they forget that you left. Anyways, she told me, we're passing you this year just to get you out of this building. And I was like, okay, fine with me. I don't give a fuck. But there's one nun that put me in a musical because I thought I was going to be a hockey player, which was, you know, a great idea until I flunked off the, the uh, hockey team for two years in a row. How? How do you feel? You, you have to have a C minus average. And oh, I, oh, my average. Grade wise. Yeah. I got, that, like... I, got a, I got all D's and F's. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was going great. And she put me in a musical. And then she had been at Emerson to study uh, musical theater. She got me an audition because I couldn't afford to go to college. And from that audition, I got a full scholarship. So that nun saved my life. Her name was Sister Rosemary Sullivan. And I stayed in touch with her uh, until she died, which was about 10 years ago. She was she was just she did change my life because I I went there. I I was was amazing class. Stephen Wright. Gina Gershon, uh, so many talented people, uh, just amazing uh, number of people. Laura Keitlinger, all these great talented people that were at that school. And then I, I taught there uh, I, as a part-time teacher shortly after I graduated and uh, met my wife, who was a student of mine, and the statute of limitations has run out on that, so you cannot prosecute me. And um, Oh, this is yeah, it was spicy. It wasn't my, it wasn't my fault. It really wasn't. Wait, but how old were you? Like 20? I was 20. 24? I was 26 and she was 19. Oh, that's fine. I know. I mean, to me, it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? What was that? By the way, not at that point, I didn't believe in God, but it, if, if God didn't want me to date one of my students, he sent a woman into the room who was so in my wheelhouse in terms of the way she looked. And then I was like, all right. What, what does that mean? What does your wheelhouse mean? So at when I was, uh, uh, young i liked all kinds of women but clearly my cock and my brain uh had told me i love charlotte rampling and julie christie those were like for those are like and this woman walked in she was a combination of the two and also i liked funny people so i was like if she's funny i'm fucked and then like within two seconds of meeting her and she was carrying a puppy 
when I first met oh. her. So I'm like, you gotta be. Forget I was like, it. thanks God. That's thanks. I always thought that was the guy move to carry puppies around. No, it was my wife's move. My oh, wife's move. Yeah, sweet. So, but it worked That's out. Sweet. Yeah, how long? How long have you been married now? Well, we've only been married 28 years, but we've been together. This is one of the reasons I failed the SATs. I met her in 1982. So how long is that? Um, we're looking at uh, call 30, James Woods. 35. 35 years. <laughs> 35 years. That's about right. Yeah. 35 years. Um, I know. That's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Uh, yeah, that's very I don't crazy. think about it until you say it, and then I'm like, 35 years? Holy cow. Two grown kids? Two, two boys? Two, no, two girl, uh, boy and a girl. Two, and a girl. two adult children. They're not children. They're children to us, and to everybody else, they're, they're uh, adults. So... And my daughter's coming today. I don't know if she's here or not. She wanted to come for this, but she, I think she was a little bit late. But um, yeah, my kids are all grown up and gone now. So, which I'm, is very hard. How old are your kids? I have a five-year-old. Okay. So you're not, you're not going to bump up against this problem until much later in life, which is when they come home after college. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. And then they leave and everybody's always like, oh, you know, empty nests. But then they leave and you realize you have no control over their life on a daily basis. And the much of the time, the only communication you're gonna get is a text because they, which might seem friendly, but they need money or a recommendation for a job. That's basically the only time you hear from them. Unless your child is a total pothead and wants to design video games. Then is this the plan for your child later in life? They're, you're they're turn, in the basement all the time. So you're going to turn your kid into a pothead so that, and is when, it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. A boy. So, so that he'll be in the basement for the rest of his life. And occasionally you'll be like, hey, can you run out for some half and half, please? <laughs> and they're Be like, right back, ma. They're like, no, mom. That's a good plan, though, because at least they're in the house. It's and, very hard. It's really. When but you, it's all, it's all hard. It's all hard. It's all right, hard. Right, but when like you wake up, has its own... waking up every day without the, that's my daughter right now. Hi. That's my daughter, Devin. How are you? Hi. Hi, Devin. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah, please help yourself to anything. God, what a great purse. Did you buy her that purse? No. Damn, Devin. Do you give your kids cool any money purse. at all? What? How much money do you give your kids? I, 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 I took care of my kids. Okay. Yeah. But if they right, ask Dev? you for money... Oh, she's in total disagreement. <laughs> uh, no, she. I don't think she is. What the hell is that chair, by the way? I don't know why. It's a no, no. It's a spaceship chair. And is it a massage chair? It's a massage chair, and it's it's like it's it's That's okay, the, but it's it's like forty percent of like an actual massage. You know, the reward factor. And you have an it's, F troop poster. Well, yes. Does that yours? It belongs to the to the. Uh, to this room and what would impress you more um i don't know i don't know if we're talking about impressions i'm just why what's behind us it, it's an f troop this belongs i'm to just studio. crazy about f troop no you're not you're not i liked f troop when i was a kid i i, I to be honest you I, don't even know what it is i really don't yeah. no okay that's uh, fine dear listeners we have dr dennis leary here can i ask you what it's like actually I just remembered this. What? One of the guys I went to Emerson with is involved with your show, Eddie Gurdetsky. Oh, Eddie's amazing. Eddie was in my class or just behind me at uh, Emerson College. Eddie's uh, like he our was a, main... a blues expert. Yep. Um, and uh, he wasn't involved in our theater group at that time. But I don't know if Eddie's going to remember the story the same way. But we had a class called History of Jazz, which was the music class that you had to take, which, uh, you know, if you didn't like jazz, was hard. But... Um, 
I remember being with Eddie. Uh, Eddie was like, Dizzy Gillespie's playing at blah, blah, blah. And I know him. And we're like, you don't know fucking Dizzy Gillespie. He's like, no, he's playing. He's going to be at Berkeley College of Music, which is around the corner, basically. He said, I'm going to try to bring him over to history of jazz class. We're like, Eddie, fuck you. And like, I, I don't know, two days later, we come out of a class, walk on the Beacon Street, and there's a bunch of people sitting with Dizzy Gillespie getting high. They used to call it the wall, this little part of the sidewalk, with Eddie and the history of jazz music teacher with his fucking horn. And they go in, and he plays for the kids, and it was crazy. That's what Did you know any of this, Anna, about Eddie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he's, um, my dad and Eddie weirdly exchange a lot of, my dad's kind of a music buff, and, and Eddie knows everybody, and they weirdly exchange. He does know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eddie's the kind of guy, he, he's, he's the guy that would go, hey, Jesus came back. Anyways, I met him last night at this blues club. He's coming by the set today, and sure enough, the, the Lord walks in like, hey, told- Eddie, what's up, man? Um, I, I was going to ask you yeah. what it was like to work with uh, Allison Janney, who I've met and never worked with, and I'm a huge fan of. I'm so fucking lucky. I get, she makes, not only is she like just an unbelievable friend to me, but I, I get to go to work, you know, every day being happy because I get to see her. And she's she's just remarkable. She's ridiculous. We're, we're I feel like we're a really great team. I just love her so She's much. She's unfair. She really Did you see Itanya yet? I'm seeing it on oh, Friday. Oh, is it, is it my. So good? She's, we, a, she's amazing in that, isn't she? I heard she's a lock for an Oscar nomination. Well, she's getting my vote, guaranteed. So is Margot Robbie, who yeah, I, I've, I've fantastic. never really paid that much attention to. She's amazing. But fucking uh, Allison. Allison's one of those people that at certain times you, I see her in a movie and I just go like, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, unfair, yeah. right? It's yeah, it's really not right. Um, and not but, only that, but every but but everyone loves her. No, well, and that like rare combination, like yeah. all the crew, like we all just adore her. And yeah. um, and she's doing like you know physical comedy on your show as well. It's, yeah, it's really she can do anything. And yeah, can she sing? Yeah, <sighs> and she can dance. She point? can fucking ice skate. That's just skate. not fair. <laughs> like she can do yeah. Dude, you have paint. to see this movie. Her character, they're all great. Her character, which is based on the real mom, is she's so insane. I know. She was telling me that she had like a parrot on her shoulder and she's oh chain smoking the whole thing. Yes. And she's and funny, but she's really scary too because she's the mom from hell. Yeah. And she does not take one moment in that performance to, to softly or cheaply or in any way go, I want you to like me. You know what I mean? She's like, this is me. This is who she was. I'm playing her. Fuck you. There's Well, especially for women, because so much of what we do as actors, it's like there's the has to be the likability factor. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so liberating to you on that rare occasion for me when I get to play a character who is supposed to be hated. It's like it, it releases some, oh, I get like dizzy with, um, with adrenaline because... For a long time, there was always the idea of like, yeah, but is she likable? Is she likable? Is she likable? Like, um, yeah. you, you, you know, the studio mantra of, well, she should be like a girl's best friend, but the guys still want her. And that's, th- that's so then like her biggest foible is what she's clumsy. 
um, and it's supposed to be adorable. It, it feels uncreative, and uh, so yeah, it's. I, I, yeah, but that's hard when you're doing network television. I mean, you've got to. Oh find, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to find a way. I mean, fuck. Yeah, I, I get that note in cable all the time, and I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, like gotta, we need something likable. Well, ah, uh, yeah, whatever. But you are because do you do you know also I, that your your uh, face kind of naturally turns into a smile. As soon as you start talking, so you could be saying something like, I'm going to fucking stab you in the neck. And I'm going to say it right now, right? Okay. I'm going to fucking stab you in the neck. Yeah. You, I, but I, now, I see, I'm laughing. I can't say it with a straight face. Yeah. Well, I, and I want to be stabbed because okay. uh, you're likable. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, you know, my main guy that I'm always mistaken for is, uh, is, uh, there's a bunch of people I'm mistaken for, but it's Willem Dafoe Mm -hmm. that from the moment I got famous, that's the guy people always mistake me for and credit me with his work. He's an amazing actor, by the way. What, 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 what piece of work do you get the most? Well, I've, it depends from the beginning. People just thought I was Willem Dafoe. And I also know from, from our last 25 years of being famous that he gets me all the time. But I, when he did Green Goblin, I was Green Goblin, especially in airports to me is the great, um, oh boy. you know, the great like uh, 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 equalizer. So I always got Green Goblin. Then I did, did you a spider. Did you ever correct people? Or were you just I like, started I got to, it, I got but to after make, a while, I, I was just like, no, I'm the Green Goblin. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't give a yeah. fuck. I sign his name. You know what I mean? I take pictures <laughs> with people. But he, I just saw, you know, he's about to be, he just won like five acting awards for the Florida Project, and he's probably going to win an Oscar, which means so am I. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm going to be in the airport like, thank you. Yeah, I did win the Oscar yeah how'd you like my speech you know what I mean like I, so but he's an example to me of a guy that his career he's never tried to play a likable guy I haven't seen this movie so uh I don't know if that's what he's doing but he's always uh yeah my favorite performances that's why I love Allison's performance in this movie she does not she doesn't give a fuck if you like her she doesn't give a fuck if you judge her she just is probably what um, Tanya Harding's mom was like god damn she's good it's an honor to work with her maybe that sounds corny but it really is like she I learned from her I and I love her and I trust her and we just have each other's backs it's um, and I and I, I wonder if that's rare for two female leads who have worked together and this is our fifth season to have I don't know but it feels just really special that we're just like constantly checking in with each other and just like and our and our scenes together feel like a dance now. Like it's very easy. Um, Do you yeah. guys improv? No, there's no improv in this format. It's the most Jesus precise. Ah, it's it's the most precise, which is misleading, right? You would think that a comedy, a multicam, like there would be some degree of um, I don't know, I guess looseness. But it is. It's like it's very surgical. It's 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 fascinating. I don't think I could do it. It's hard. It's so deceptively hard. I don't think I could do it. It's it's very. What happens exposing. if you do improv? Do they stop you? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't oh, yeah. do it. Like even if you mistake like an O for an um, like nope, it, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> I like the actors to improv, you know, unless they can't. Yeah. But I like the actors. I think they make shit better. I think it's attributed to sort of the musicality of the format and how um, it's kind of like a ping pong game. Um, but yeah, it is. It, that was a hard. That, I'm still learning it, but it was that was the first couple seasons. I was like, I don't think I could do it. Shit. That's it. I'm not doing your fucking show. Like you asked me. <laughs> what an asshole. I said, I'm not doing mom. Fuck that show. I'm not doing it. No, don't invite me. <laughs> did I tell you? Did I tell you I got 400 on my SATs? <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
success story. Hey, kids, fail your SATs like me and Anna, and look what can happen. I'm a doctor. Oh, my God. Hey, um, Are you a doctor yet, by the way? Well, I'm working on it. What does that mean? Well, well she's a teacher now at SC. Well, we were, but we both yes. teach at USC. Yeah. You're teaching at SC? Yeah. What are you teaching? See? No, this is great. Yeah, no, I had no idea. Oh, my God, (laughs) Professor Ferris. Holy cow. What are you teaching? Oh, we taught a podcast class. And we're coming Um, back next fall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we did it all this last Called Creating the Hit Podcast. Yeah. We invite special guests every week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They should make you guys doctors. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're famous. You can be a doctor. That's that's all you have to be is famous. Fuck yeah. Where'd you graduate from? College? University of Washington. Did they give you one yet? Fuck no. They suck. I haven't donated enough. You know, I don't forget the donation. Listen, I'm just, what's the name of it? University, uh, University of Washington. In hey, Seattle. University of Washington, this is Dr. Dennis Leary, and I'm telling you, you're making a huge mistake by not making Anna, Dr. Yeah. Anna Farris yeah. happen at your school because SC is going to beat you to it. And then you're going to be like, oh, we should invite her, and she's going to be like, fuck you. Okay. What did you get on your SATs? Do I have to repeat it nope. again? No, I won't. I won't make you. <laughs> I do remember like some kids asking me, and I remember one kid saying, "I told him," and I remember one kid saying, "Like, oh, I thought you were smarter than that." Oh and God! And I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> Did you punch that kid? No, 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 no. I was a. There was a I pause a there. There was a pause. Was, well, no, no, no. I kicked him. No, <laughs> because I, I was a, I was incredibly quiet growing up, and um. And now I guess I'm making up for it, um, just storing all this stuff, uh, which is maybe why people thought that I was sort of smart at school because I was just really quiet. I was also wearing headgear and then braces and then a retainer, which I now... Wait, 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 wait. Let me go back there a couple of beats. What was it? You were wearing headgear? Yeah. What, what was the headgear for? To straighten my teeth. Oh, you know? Do you know what headgear I, is? Yeah, now yeah, I'm. Yeah, now yeah, I'm, yeah. It's like the thing that so you wear how, around. How your, many years was that? That was all through eighth grade, uh, and um, and then braces. And uh, I love it that we're going. We're like going through my dental work, but I I now think that it was my parents' like strategy to keep me a virgin. Um, Did it work? Yeah, for until, for a while. Until no, until. Oh, senior year. Ooh. Lunchtime when you're allowed to leave. <laughs> it was hot. Oh, man, it was hot. And it was very straight teeth, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Straight teeth. Um, basement. A little cold. Um, about 30 seconds. Oh, man. Right, ladies? There's nothing like this. <laughs> it's such... It sounds, Edmonds, it sounds like Washington. Scary Movie 3. <laughs> yep. yep. Holy shit. Yep. Dear Diary. I'm sorry I brought that up. What the fuck I, was I'm that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no yeah. regrets ever. Yeah. <laughs> My teeth are so straight. Um, I'm sorry I brought that up. No, no, no. What? Are you, we talk about losing virginity I'm not really sorry. I'm just being nice. When, when did you lose your virginity? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that. What the fuck? My daughter is sitting fucking... Th- Devin, come three, on. We got to hear three this. Feet no, I'm not saying it. Three feet Why? away. Two feet away. What's... My daughter's sitting here. I'm not. I'm not telling you. Sorry, you gave up your information. I'm not giving up mine. Oh. That's why I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. (Laughter) 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're going to go to a segment now that we, we have segments. Okay. The uh, this first segment is called Deal Breakers. Okay. You can okay. imagine you're single. This okay. is Sim Sarna. I haven't been single. Have it, you been? Hey, did you say hi before? I, are you kidding me? I totally sucked oh, up yeah. to him when he walked in. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that on air? I think I should keep it on. I think it'll make me. Look. I think you should keep it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah make, I know. It makes, makes you look, look great. great. <laughs> makes you look great. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um. Uh. So what's Deal Breakers? Okay. You have to imagine that you're single. Okay. That's a I long know time ago. I know it's been a bit. Yeah. But that's what will make this maybe interesting. Okay. Um, President Reagan was in office when I the last time I was single in his first term. Okay, go. Okay. She makes you a dessert out of her breast milk because it's high in protein. Yeah. Is that a deal breaker for you? No. All right. No. No. It's like ice. It's like ice milk. It's care. frozen. You're into it. I'm fine. Yeah, go ahead. But what if her child is grown, and uh, that's a different story. She's kept the breast milk that's in the a freezer. Creepy. For- that's scary movie four. No, I'm not doing that. That's a little creepy. Yeah. That the other part. Uh, the, the other part I felt like more like we were, uh, you know, there was a small child and we were in love and it was a happy, loving family thing. And I, she listen, makes you like a weird. flan. Huh? She makes you like a flan. <laughs> yes. It's a childbirth uh, flan. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? You know. Would you eat the placenta in a scramble? Let's say like. Listen, I got to tell you, I'm a meat eater. I mean, I, I love to eat meat and I think that counts as meat. And my wife did not ask me to do that. But um, Would you try anything? With my wife? No, no. But like, like anything that's edible. I don't know. I guess most things. Are. I would try most like crazy, you know, animal meat. Yeah. Are you into like brains and like? I don't know? think I've ever eaten like monkey brains or anything like that. But maybe I have. You know, you never know when you're overseas. <laughs> okay, it's the fifth date, and mm-hmm. she's never offered to pick up the check. I mean, I, I, like even a gesture, even like you know how they're. They, I didn't really give a fuck about that. I'm old-fashioned. Right, I assume right. I'm paying for it anyways. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Even if I was broke and I asked her out on a date or whatever, that's not a big thing with me. But you would appreciate the, the effort, right? No, it doesn't matter to me. If it's a girl that I'm into, I don't care, you know? What if she, like, asks for, um, she tells the waiter that she wants three lobsters to go? If I'm into her, it's fine. <laughs> now, I, that's, all these things are not deal breakers for me. Jesus Christ. I am low rent. I really am. Do you imagine three lobsters three to lobsters. go? Yeah, I mean. And I want them live, please. Oh, yeah. I'm going to boil them at home. 
<laughs> I'm not just going to boil them. I'm going to stick them in my fire. Listen, I, I'll tell you something that's true. I was so into my wife when I first met her that she could have literally pulled any of these and I would have been like, fine. Because I was, I was just so happy that I was dating her at that point. Okay, let's see if we can come up with I, something. I, I dated, I, when I met my wife, I was like out of my league. So, uh, you know, anything she wanted, basically, I would have done. But I had no money at the time, which says something for her, because I was just a broke, out-of-work actor guy. And she was like, I see the potential here. All right. I'm I don't gonna, know. I'm I don't puppy. know what she saw, but thank God she saw something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but holy fuck. At the point she met me, there's very few people she on did. this planet that would have thought, yeah, he's going to make it. <laughs> Even my friends are like, he's not making it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my parents, I think, were just like, well, he's not in jail. That's a main thing. It's a big thing. Um, um, okay. She calls out her own name during sex. Again, not that big of a deal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> not that big of a deal. You know, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just basic. If I'm really, if I'm into the girl, it doesn't really. You know. Okay. You, Candace is on top of you, right? Straddling you. Candace and who? This is, this is my imagination. Here oh, working. okay. I didn't know if you were like. No, no, no. Candace Bergen. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> Candace Bergen is on top. Okay, all right. <laughs> Candace Bergen then or Candace Bergen now? Uh, which Candace Bergen? Either one you want. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Candace Bergen uh, from nineteen sixty something. Great. Okay. She's straddling you. Yep. And uh, things are getting hot and heavy. Yep. And she just goes. You know, she's like, oh, 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 Candace, Candace. Yeah. Candace. Candace. Yeah. Candace. Yeah. Candace. Fantastic. <laughs> it's Candace fucking Bergen. I mean, I can't wait to tell my friends. Can you imagine this? Not only did I fuck her, but she was yelling her own name. Candace Bergen. Candace fucking Bergen. It's 1972. Candace Bergen. <laughs> I would tell that story. That would be almost like one of those things like, thank God she's saying her own name. This makes such a great story. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, she has a tattoo on her pelvic bone that reads, repeat visitors welcome. <laughs> Possible beginning of a conversation about a deal breaker. Again, it depends if, it, if my... My wife would never have had that tattoo, but if it was my wife's like somebody I was into, uh, you know, I do might, that, I might pose like... a question after the sex. I might go like, can I ask you one question about that little tattoo? You can ask her. Ask you her. Pose me a question. I would say like, what's, what's with the tattoo? Oh, do you like it? Yeah. But, you do? But assuming that I had already let you order three live lobsters <laughs> and call out your own name during sex. I mean, really, is the tattoo going to be <laughs> at that point? You know what I mean? That would be your answer, right? Like, what the fuck do you care about the tattoo? <laughs> you know? I got it at camp. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, because I, I was really popular. And people would come into my cabin when everyone was at swim lesson. And... um yeah, so, and this guy, this one of the counselors knew how to give tattoos. Like, anyway, it was. See, here's my, here's my problem. 
if I'm into you, I realize now I'm just like a fucking uh, a piece of carpeting. You know what I mean? Like literally you can just walk all over me and I'm just gonna be like, sure. Do you want me to drive you back to camp? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I really, now I'm really what a sucker I am if I'm, if I'm into the chick. Um, okay, now we are going on to how would you proceed? What does that mean? We'll find out. Okay. You were at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. Which I've never been and will probably never be at. Well, I will in the guise of Willem Dafoe this year. <laughs> yes. Be there. Um, so I guess I can pretend. You run into Morgan Freeman. Morgan whispers to you, Dennis, you seem like a great guy and I would love to bring you in on a very exclusive business opportunity. I was contacted by an African prince this is very hush-hush. If you invest 100 k now, he can double your money once his inheritance goes through. And I've already invested 500 uh, k And how would you proceed? Fuck no. I'm not giving up my money. No way. But I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing anything. It's like, <laughs> I don't gamble. I, like, I, I've been at casinos with friends and my so wife. So you're going to tell Morgan? I'm going to tell Morgan, fuck, fuck no, up. Morgan. No way. Fuck no, Morgan. I'm, I don't give a fuck who it is. Pick another person. Kevin Costner. No. Candace Bergen. Oh, I just fucked you, but no. I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not giving my money up. All right. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Right. And you can I, ask Candace because I said it to <laughs> Candace Bergen. I can't believe I mean, we got into a Candace Bergen thing, but no, no way. Oh, Candace. Candace. <laughs> I'm going to try that sometime. Anna. Anna. <laughs> I, but laughing during sex is weird to me. Is it weird to you guys? Some people do it. We've had this conversation on the podcast before. It would make me feel extremely uncomfortable if you laughed during sex. Yeah, but unless that's somebody that you're... Oh, Jesus. Are you talking about somebody that's brand new that you're having brand sex new, with? Brand new, brand new. Yeah, that's different. But if you're with somebody that you, you know, you've been with for a long time... Yeah, no, then... It's, laughter is, it's kind is of very uh, is, intimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, first date, or first like five, yeah. Wasn't it Tiffany Haddish that said that she had... Better orgasms if she was laughing. Yes. Really? She said no. Well, she said that women have better orgasms if they laugh during the orgasm. That's a that's a scientific. Uh, that, according to Tiffany Haddish, yeah. <laughs> is she a doctor? She, she might. Is. Is. She's a very smart woman. Is so. she really? Yes. Okay. Well, I believe her then. Okay. You're gonna have to try that and get back to us on the it. next one. How would you proceed? You are shooting a movie with Billy Bob Thornton. He knocks on your trailer and tells you he needs a <clears throat> not, big favor. I'm not favor. shooting a movie with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> But you've run out of I money like them, because you what? invested with Morgan. Okay, all right. I'm going to pretend. Okay, you're shooting a movie with Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. He knocks on your trailer and tells you he needs a big favor. He says, if you get a call from a detective, can you just say I was with you no. last night? No, no. I'm not covering for Billy Bob fucking <laughs> Thornton. I don't even fucking know the guy. I think I met him like once. There's no fucking way. No, no way. I'm not covering Come for on, him. man. Nope. Not happening. Man. No. You're not a buddy no. to anybody Listen, in Hollywood. Listen, I'm at that... Uh, no, I'm a great friend. I'm a loyal friend, okay? But I'm at that point where, uh, you know, listen, life life has been great for me so far. I don't have a lot of it left. So really, I'm, you know, I want to do stuff that's fun. So even if my older brother, who, you know, uh, I, I've grown up with and known for years, comes and says, listen, uh, me and Billy Bob Thornton, I'm out. I don't, I'm not fucking getting a shovel and burying bodies. I'm not doing any of that stuff. You know, so I'm not I loaning money to people. that you've, you've known your, other, oh, your older brother for years. Yes. I know. Did I, did I say that? 
<laughs> I've known him my whole life. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm not drinking. Oh boy. Um, okay, so should we just go right to the calls? What? Yeah. Well, we're taking calls. This wait, is an wait, advice oh, show. Yeah, we give yeah. relationship advice. I, I had no it's idea. Very exciting. Who's calling? Hey, did you enjoy? Well, you'll find out. What? We give people advice gently. Okay. Um, but listen. Um, so your book, did you enjoy? Um, it's called Why We Don't Suck and How All of Us Need to Stop Being Such Partisan Little Bitches. Okay, I have to say something. Yes. I bought your book, yeah. but I've been on a book tour, and Leslie, my assistant, is here, she can back me up. I've been on a book tour, tour and some live uh, concerts that I, uh, I do every year as a stand-up for like six weeks. I haven't read your book yet, but I have it. It's, it's literally, why are you mad now? No, have, have you no, read my I book? Would, well, no, that, be honest. I, I was going to tell you I, that I was going to read it over see, break. So we're both in the same boat, which is great. Yeah. I, I might have, not actually read it over break because I haven't read a book in a long time. And I'm have not a, even and, sure I know how to read it. And, and you have a baby. And 1090 SAT score. And, and uh, yes, but I haven't read yeah. your book, but I'm going to read your well, book. Well, thank Unlike you. Unlike you, and I actually going, am going to no, read no, your no, book. No, no, no. I am going to read your book. So I, I will say this people should buy your book and my book. Fuck yeah. Okay. And. Uh, you did you have to do the audio recording by the I way I did I, I like doing the recording oh you do yeah I do it was it it's was, very uh, important it, well it, it it's important for your fans but wasn't it I mean I'm glad that I did it but I it's overwhelming I mean it was a hundred pages a day um, and then you're also like really examining everything you wrote yes and you're and then it's like it. oh fuck yeah I know what the fuck did I do but you don't want somebody else reading your book no 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 no, no, no. But, yeah. that, but that part was that felt your intense. fans want to hear you, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't like to do listen to audiobooks. I like to read the book, so you know I'm a big reader. So uh, so I have your you know whose book is great? Who I who I did I did read because I gave her a quote is Whitney Cummings's book. Oh she, yeah, she's great. That fucking book is great. It's she's a self help book. She's fucking amazing. Yeah, we did a live show with her here on the podcast. Oh really? Great. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right, yeah. so now listen. Yeah. People are calling in. Yes. Yeah, we're going to call you're them. You're doing Conan, yes? Yes. Right yeah. you have to, but you have time, right? We okay. have some time. Right? I don't know. Don't ask me. What's, you have a three, we've, we're good? Okay. So what happens here? They're going to call in and ask we're gonna, us. We're actually going to call them. It's a very low budget operation. We're calling them through Skype. You call people? Oh, yeah. Like random people? No, 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 oh. no. I vetted the calls before. They, oh, oh. they write in. They need okay. relationship advice. And then we actually try our best. And we're okay. un- the show is called Unqualified. We're unqualified to I give I know what it's called. Advice. I mean, I did some research. <laughs> Jesus I Christ. I don't know if you did that. For and that's the fucking name of the book, right? That's, that's yeah. true. Yes. So, haven't you been? No, you can't be in a book tour because you're doing mom all I time. did a book tour. Okay. How yeah. long was it? Uh, it was a week. That's not a fucking book tour. I've been out there for six weeks. Oh, Your book probably has sold, outsold my book, too. No, I don't know. Fucking don't makes know. me angry. I'm so oh. mad right now. This is it, a good time to take Her book did calls. really well. It did really well. Great. Thanks. Fucking great. Probably outsold mine. I'm out there fucking banging away, going, covering the country. I'm driving in the Midwest in fucking snowstorms. No, we're going to sign it those a week. like, that, oh, but, oh, I'm tired. Okay. The book is called Why We Don't Suck. Please, dear listeners, buy this book. I read a lot of it. I'm going to read the rest of it. And I'm going to listen to the Audible as well. He, I love this book. So he, please he, go he buy it. read a lot of it. I like listening to people, okay. I, my no. heroes. I want to listen to you. You're my, one of my heroes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Of course. And Candace, you're going to read it, right, at some point? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I gave her her new character. <laughs> this is, she, does she do any characters? She does Candace Berger from 1968 <laughs> having sex. It's an amazing impression. <laughs> All right. Are we, we're, we're calling. Uh, uh, so we're you're calling Skyping David. these people. Can we see them? No, we can only oh. hear them. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And I don't know what's I don't know what they're gonna ask. Okay, we're calling David. He's forty-seven. He's 47? He's in San Francisco, yeah. He's got nothing better to do than to call this podcast. Hey. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You've got nothing better to do than be, be on. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hey, David, it's Sim. How are you? Hey, Sim. I'm great. I want to introduce you to Anna right now. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Anna. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. We have Dennis Leary here. It's actually Willem Dafoe. How are you? <laughs> um, hey, <laughs> thanks for doing this. So, David, you have an interesting you have an interesting relationship or an arrangement, I should say, with your girlfriend. Tell us about it, because when I when you actually send this email, I've never heard of anything like this. So, hopefully, we can give you some advice. I know yeah. Dennis will have some thoughts on this for sure. But go ahead and talk. <laughs> okay. So the short version is uh, I've been in a relationship uh, with someone since September. Um, I'm totally in love with her. She loves me. And she only agreed to get into the relationship if we had an expiration date at the very beginning. Uh, I, I didn't know even what she meant at first, but she doesn't believe I'm the one. Uh, so... Even though she loves me and we're really happy together, she's like, I don't want it to go on forever because I think we both need to be with other people. So I, I was taken off guard when she asked me this, and I just came up with, I guess, right after New Year's. So January 2nd was our, answer, uh, our, our expiration date. And just literally this morning, I have been lobbying for the last few weeks that uh, we get an uh, extension to the expiration date because I, I, I keep on asking her, aren't you happy? Or don't you love me? And she's like, yes and yes. And she just keeps on repeating that, but you're not the one, so I don't want this to last forever. So this morning she said we can have uh, an extension. Uh, and she asked me for a new date. So I'm wondering, what's your advice? How do I approach yeah. this? Fuck. On one hand, she's kind of brilliant. On the other hand, she's totally manipulative. And, or I mean, that's, I, I'm sorry, that's, that's quick judgment. But let me ask you this. Um, who, who does she think the one is? Like, has she given you an idea of, of what her, what this um, idea? No, she really hasn't. Um, when we, so the, the, uh, an earlier complication this we actually dated over a year ago and we dated for about four months and then she uh, split, up, split up with me very abruptly. But that dating, it was not in a committed relationship. She just saw me once a week and it was 
for her, just sex for me, I was already falling in love with her. And then she broke up with me basically when she realized that I was falling in love with her. Um, and she turned to me at one point during that period, uh, about a year ago. And she said, you know, you are almost perfect. Oh my God. And I was excited about that at first. And then I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, wait a second. So I actually asked her, well, what's wrong? What, what, what can I change? And she's like, no, nothing. It's, it's, I just know it's, it's not going to work out in the long run. You know what I think? Here's, what's the date today? The 6th. The expiration date is the 7th. Get rid of her. Ditch exactly. her. I'm sorry. Thank she, you. Fuck, oh. fuck her. I'm sorry to say it that bluntly, but I am a doctor. And um, <laughs> you may not know that, but I was made an honorary doctor by my uh, alma mater, Emerson College. I don't need to be a doctor to say she's just using you. Get rid of her. Well, well, Bye. But no, wait, I'm wait, telling you, get well, rid of her. Yeah, I agree with you. I, well, because I, I think that this is, she sounds, she sounds a little cruel. And some, sometimes people who feel a little more powerful in the relationship um, can, can be, you know, cruel. And, and it's, it's an odd thing to, to make you feel like um, small, scared. Yeah. And small and, um, and that you always have to be chasing her. Can I ask you, what do you, what do you love about her? I mean, is it, is she beautiful? Is she funny? Is she, um, she's beautiful. She's super smart. Um, she is, she has a very silly sense of humor. Um, I love the way she looks at me when I look in her eyes. Uh, I could, I could look in her eyes forever. Um, yeah, but you're looking into her I eyes can forever. Feel. You're looking into her eyes forever. She's looking into your eyes and she's thinking January 2nd, cutoff date. Come but, on. But he, but here's the thing though too, like where did she learn this kind of manipulative behavior? Are her parents still together? Like like how cuz that's a that feels like a very yeah. learned behavior to say things like here's an expiration date, you're not the one, uh you're almost you're almost the one like like, where is this coming from? What is this? Um, why does she did crave being powerful over you? Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting question. Her parents split up when she was around 10. Um, and she's actually only been in one other serious relationship in her entire life, and she's 35. Yeah, she's a very independent, strong, and strong-minded woman, um, which I love about her. But, David, you're uh, a fucking gem. The, her, her, I can, like you sound amazing. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but man, <laughs> I I want you to be with somebody who is like that you're in love with, and she makes you feel safe. And I don't know if she's 35. If these are moldable, she may have already developed some patterns in her brain, and uh, and yeah. you need to feel valued and happy, and not like. Oh fuck! What if I fuck up? Because then the, you know, extension will be over. Um, Well, here are two really interesting things. One, uh, her the only real relationship she had before me uh, about four years ago. uh, The guy broke up with her, started sleeping with a friend, got married, broke her heart, and she still literally has nightmares about him that wake her up at night. So I think that's part of where some of this comes from. Uh, There there are parts of it that still baffle me as well, but um, uh, so the the first time we dated for a few months, um, when we were clearly not in a relationship, I was terrified every time after she 
uh, I saw her, I might never see her again. So for me in a very perverse way, having an expiration date and knowing that I'm going to be with her, like it it was a a full, like 111 days from when we set the date. I'm like, Oh my God, I, it was, it it actually gave me peace of mind. Like, I don't have to worry about this. I know I'm going to see her tomorrow. But you realize um, this is this is like the premise to either a horror movie or a romantic comedy. Expiration date is the title, <laughs> yes. and like one of the people gives the other person a date by which they need to prove themselves. It's like uh, you know some kind of Olympic thing. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. Um. But overall, like with this stuff, with this stuff aside, um, I mean, do you think that you would still be as attracted to her if she said? I want to marry you tomorrow. I mean, is it part of this, this chase? I mean, that's why, that's why initially my, my gut was like, this is very manipulative because one person is put into the position of, of truly chasing the other one. And I don't know. What do you think? No, that, that, that's a good question. And we, we've talked about a few things. She's not even sure if she wants to get married. She does want a partner for life, but she doesn't believe in the institution of marriage necessarily. Um, she also doesn't want to have kids. Uh, or at least she said she was 99% sure. And then last week she turned to me and she's like, the two of us have such good genes. I'm thinking maybe I'll have a baby just because it would make a really great baby with really good genes. Then oh you can boy. raise the kid with your mom. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. You got, this is, this is she sounds that. insane. You need, you need to exit this relationship yeah. immediately. You Seriously. Get out. Uh, yeah. Get out. Get out. And, al- and also I think it's very manipulative of her to, even if she is having nightmares about her ex or whatever, it's manipulative of her to bring that up to you uh, constantly in in any fashion. You know, it, it's not protecting you in any way. And that's a very weird thing for her to say. And um, maybe, she, I don't know, maybe she's so fucking amazing in bed because she's so fucking insane that um, that's maybe part of the thing too. But um, I, I don't know. I don't... I I don't know if I would want this person as a friend. Is that terrible of, for me to say? I mean, I I don't mean to question your judgment. I, I, I feel like David. I'm not presenting her brighter lights very well, but I hear what you're saying. Well, I, I just those those are big things to say, you know, and um, and it sounds like she I I, I mean, the guy is here in my dressing room are all like what I, I can't believe the you're fuck? you're 47. I'm sorry, man. You're 47 years old. You need. I can't believe that this is even. I don't want to sound mean because I obviously I no, understand. Sound all this. Go ahead. Sound mean. You you have to, you have to get rid of her immediately. Yep. Immediately. Like don't ever talk to her again. The two guys in the room are telling you to get the hell out now. Anna's being very nice. Because I understand. No, I get it. Like no, I understand. To, you I get know, it. you know. I get it. Yeah. It's not easy. Like, uh, but. Um, and especially because she set up the situation, how, how she set it up, which is like, I'm a catch. You're not the one. And uh, listen, the whole, the baby one is the final straw yes. for me. Like, I want you to have a baby with me. <laughs> that's going to be raised by your mother because it will be so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, she's put an expiration date on the baby. We need to have the kid by <laughs> August 5th and then I'm out. I mean, come on, man. But, but here's the thing, David, is that of course she's going to extend whatever the contract is and extend it and extend it and extend it. And you're going to be like having a lifetime of worrying if the contract is going to be extended because well, I don't think anybody else specifically said, 
she'll give one extension and she will never give another one after that. She doesn't specifically want to have that ongoing thing. I, I mean, maybe you're drawn to the drama and that's okay. I'm drawn to drama, clearly. I, I think that she sounds really cruel um, to me. And I, I think that if you want safety and love, um, I think you gotta, yeah, you gotta fucking, or at the very least say, I can't do this expiration date. I can't do it. I want to feel settled with somebody that I want to travel with somebody that I love. I want to feel like when I'm, you know, 93, that somebody's holding my hand. If, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 93 is an expiration yeah. date. If she said to you, listen, <laughs> I'm going to be with you until I'm 93. Then we're going to sit down if we're still both alive and let's see if we still want to stuck out the last like 10 years. Yeah. But uh, January 2nd is not a fucking, that's, that's, that doesn't work. That's not, that's not uh, a healthy uh, thing. Besides, and I wonder and by, she included, why the fuck that date? Because, because she includes New- Christmas. And so she gets shit at Christmas uh, time. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then she like gets a, New Year's New Eve. Year's she can Eve. kiss somebody. And then she's gone. Except for the baby, which I guess you'll have. And then she'll give it to your mom. Uh, we, need, we need to give him some final <laughs> advice here. Uh, get the wait, fuck out. But wait, David. Um, I'm, uh, have, yeah. you, have you always been drawn to women that are similar to this? Like sort of that are a high drama that keep you anxious? No. Uh, very much not. And uh, in fact, my initial attraction to her was how sane and straightforward and um, rational she seemed. But uh, I think that rational aspect of her allows her to compartmentalize things in ways that I never foresaw. Oh, boy, David, we're going to get a lot, I think, of feedback in regards to you that will be very, very, very defensive of you. And maybe not super nice to uh, your 35-year-old. But this is indefensible. of David. David can't be with her. I, I agree. I, I, can't, I, agree. I don't understand why he's even still considering because this. Because it, it's so much more complicated. I agree with you. I'm so on board. I think that is. I think it's cruel. She's making him feel ex- incredibly small. I know. And so she's that's clearly, it. It's, it's like a, that's all a this deal weird power right dynamic fucked, fucked up shit that she's doing. You're almost perfect. You're not the one. What the fuck does she think the one is? I don't know. I, I think that you should... The boys are saying tomorrow it's Tonight. done, but I would say like, I would, if you, if you really do love her and would like to be with her and I would say like, we have to, we have to talk about this because I'm not sure I can be with somebody who demands this. I, I want, I want other things. I want some, I want to feel safe. I want to be loved as much as I love. And she probably won't get that. Or maybe even ask her what the fuck the one is. I'd be curious. Who is it? Yeah. Elon Musk? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> hey, David, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, David, thank you. Please Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. I love you. Thank you, David. Good luck so on January much. 3rd. Please, 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 please tell us. Everyone's going to be dying. Thanks. That Bye. Way, Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You are too fucking nice. Jesus Christ. All right, so I guess we're wrapping it up. Um, because <laughs> Dennis's face. It's fun, right? It was fun. Yeah. I just feel like bad because the one guy who called in with relationship advice, yeah. I knew, I mean, listen, I'm opinionated. So from the beginning, but you agreed with me. Oh my oh, God, oh, get out. Such a, a no-brainer. We're all in agreement. Everyone in the room is not. Yeah, but you were, you were much nicer, but, but yeah, that's like, forget because, about it. Because the truth is he's not going to, 
we can all tell him to break up with her tomorrow, but he, there's no way he's he, going to he, break up. The funny thing is, he's like the guy that I was being when you were doing the deal breakers quiz. I was like, if I'm into the girl, I'm like, yeah, have as many live lobsters as you want. No, no, you know no, what no. I mean? So there's a difference he's kind of that guy. Breast milk flan and yeah, but I think he would drink. Date. I think he would actually. Drink her. Actually, what's her plan for the breast milk once she gives the baby to the mom later in this expiration date relationship? But it reminded me, when I heard expiration date, I'm like, it sounds like the title of a romantic comedy. Like, it's a it's a ridiculous setup, yeah. right? I mean, expiration date. Like, by January 2nd, you have to, like, prove everything. What the fuck? Right there. Ranting comedy with Dennis Leary and Anna Ferris. No. You can write and direct it. Expiration date. One take only. Two takes. One take Two only. Takes. Two takes. It's Anna and James Woods. <laughs> 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 and the opening line is, you I know what my... He's really essay smart. Is. Jesus Christ. Oh, James, you're um, so smart. Well, how many times do you think he's used that line? I t- it was the weird... It was so fucking weird. Yeah. And he used it on, with you, which makes no impression. You're just like, yeah, I have potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but but who... I, 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 at least I'm smart enough to be looking across at a 50 to 80-year-old man and feel like, what? Yeah, yeah. SATs? Wait, this is... Didn't we a long time ago, like... Nobody talks about it. It was bizarre. It was, um, it was, it was a fucking odd pickup line. I wonder what would be a better no, one. Wait, like, now remind me. Oh, yeah, it was I know, scary I, movie too. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. we this is good because we kind of started out talking about James Woods and then we ended up talking about it. So it's kind of like our, um, you know, we yeah, came full circle. Yeah, we came full circle. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a pickup line that actually works and but it's kind of that impossible. you've used no 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 that it's someone has used on you yeah but i don't get hit on very much but i don't remember huh no i i don't know one time i told a guy that um i asked a guy if he had any roofies i thought that was pretty funny i was amused with myself <laughs> There's a healthy relationship at the beginning. Yeah, oh, I'll no. go out with you. You got any roofies? Uh, no, he was totally disgusted by me. Holy shit. And he was like, what? And I was like, well, what about your friend? <laughs> did the, how long did the relationship last? Oh, this was, uh, this was like a 30-second encounter. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I, w- I was delighted with myself. I was giggling on the inside. Yeah. I, so I was hitting on myself, essentially. Yes. Which is important. Which sounds like your thing. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, Anna. What's up? You want to know what my SAT score is? Uh, okay. 1090. Oh, fuck yeah. That sounds hot. <laughs> so just, are we? This, I'm sitting here going like, this is a show. I love this. I could watch you for the next 10 minutes. I, I'm like, this is a play. This is a play. Have you seen the play where Anna Ferris plays, she plays three characters, Candace, and then these two versions of herself. One is this chick who's trying to get roofies, which is young Anna, and then there's Anna now, who's sort of like in the scene too. It's a fucking amazing show. It's on Broadway. Dennis, thank you so much. Guys, thank yeah, This thank is you. like the weirdest thing I've ever done, I think. I just, this it's is. It's a weird podcast. I mean, Anna Faris's fucking uh, dressing room. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I walked in with F Troop posters, and as soon as I walk in, we were on the air. Yeah. And then we're telling some guy, guy calls up with an expiration date in yeah. his relationship. We're telling him to get the fuck out. Right. 
She's trying to understand him. Yeah. She's pretending to be Candace Bergen having sex in 1968. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is... What a fuck. Show business, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Buy our Love books. Love you, listeners. Buy our books. Buy our books.